This podcast contains material that may not be suitable for children or those of lesser constitutions. Listener discretion is advised. And now, go f*** yourself. Do I make you horny? Who the hell says that? Uh, Austin Powers. I can't look at him as Austin Powers. I still look at him as Mike as Mike Myers. That's like what I call him. I don't call him Austin Powers. It's weird. Is he still alive? I think so. He hasn't fallen off yet. Well, his career's dead. Whoa! It has had. Whoa. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> let's just let's remember just be he honest. was. He had a, a like a variety show on ABC where he was in character the whole time. Mm-hmm. It, was only, it was only a couple of years ago, I think. Who? But uh, you probably Wikipedia that shit and find out everything you need to know about it. Mike Myers. Yeah. 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 I feel like he's kind of a a '90s kind of guy. I don't feel like in the 2000s, other than Austin Powers, which I think kind of petered out in the mid 2000s, the aughts, that uh, he's really done anything since then. No. No. He's definitely not been in any movies I've seen recently, like in the last, well, in the last year. Yeah. Last year. Oh, well. Enough about Mike Myers. We're here to talk about the year that was, and he wasn't in the year that was, so fuck him. But uh, welcome to the Innocuous Bastards show, podcast you didn't ask for, but here we are. Just a quick reminder that all of the opinions expressed on this show are ours alone, and do not reflect those of our respective employers or our parents. Leave our parents be. So, no, I'm under dead, so that's not a problem. So, <laughs> gentlemen, so here we are. We're, we're here. We've uh, we made it through. Uh, as, as of this recording, it's we're actually in the new year. So, but we thought that it would be a good idea uh, to just kind of spend a little time recapping last year from the from our eyes, from our perspective. A lot of shit happened last year. Too much, too many. Um, that you know, it's probably going to be a five-hour five show if we really dive deep into to all these things. But uh, I thought we'd spend some time just recapping. Uh, but before we do that, hey, AG, how are you? How is the, how, how are the last couple of weeks for you? Uh, decent, you know. Um, just trying to plug away. Get you know, this really was like survive till the end of the year <laughs> not that not that 2021 is actually going to be better but just having 2020 in the rear view is its own uh, uplift so yeah everything's good um been down to the casino a couple of times oh yeah and, Snap. yeah and that's a little weird that's kind of a weird situation just you know <laughs> because they're on sovereign land that like no rules apply. You can smoke indoors. They do have, of course, they have the sort of COVID tracing or not tracing, but checking. You, know, you can walk in and they immediately take your temperature and and whatnot. But nevertheless, it's still like a gathering place right. of people <laughs> in this uh, pandemic times. And you know, honestly, I didn't see a lot of people walk going around and sanitizing the machines and and whatnot so it is a little bit of the wild west down there but so far no no infections on this end good 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 
Is is it Spirit Mountain? Is that where you went to? No, it's called Seven Feathers. Oh yeah, I've I've seen yeah. signs for that on the highway. <laughs> yeah, and so like, here, there's another thing is like because of the pandemic, there's no buffet, which for certain people, the casino, like going to the buffet is like at least half of the uh, you know enticement of going, and that's just not a thing. And then I I don't know when that's going to come back. I don't think I, I seriously don't think you see buffets in 2021, but we'll find out. We will find out, yeah, because uh, my punch card for hometown buffet is looking pretty pretty empty. I want to make sure that I, I I get that free meal the next time. Mac, how are you? How have you been the last couple of weeks? Good, but first of all, I think your 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 punch card should always be empty to go to the hometown buffet. I think it should always remain empty. <laughs> and 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 with regards to the Seven Feathers Buffet, while I'm sure it has fantastic food, uh, depending on where you come from, you probably shouldn't go to buffets outside of Vegas. And Vegas buffets are good. I'm not going to go to the Seven Feathers or Spirit Mountain or anywhere else for a buffet uh, because they're just going to be disappointed. Let's just let's just be honest. But beyond that, uh, it's been pretty good. It was a very quiet. Uh, holiday we had uh, not not very many people over uh, New Year's I actually stayed up to midnight this this time but it was like 1205 and the lights were out I was done uh, we actually watched the um, the CNN uh, show with Anderson Cooper and Annie Cohen it was actually pretty funny to watch uh, over the about the three hours that we and we and we we did it on the East Coast so it was live yep it was actually hilarious to watch uh, Anderson Cooper taking uh, tequila shots. He had like six tequila shots and you could tell that they were not fake because of the way that, that he was acting, you knew that he was drunk. And so I thought, I thought that was actually pretty amusing. Uh, so next year, I think maybe we've got our, and I've never really watched it before. I really don't like those shows. I, I don't like the rocking New Year's Eve bullshit. <laughs> Although I do remember when I uh, growing up, the only thing that was really on TV was uh, Dick Dick Clark, yep, uh, and doing his thing. But then after he had the stroke or whatever he had, watching him talk those last couple of years, I think maybe this is probably been referenced in previous bastard shows. But man, that was painful. Uh, to uh, the, the thing that he was doing, it was really really bad and. You know, he should have he should have been taken off for his own legacy, but he wasn't. Uh, and they, they kept propping up their like weekend at Bernie's, but it's okay. It's good. I, I'm a little disappointed in the weather. We didn't have any snow. This yeah, year. I was kind of hoping for that, but you know, what are yeah, you gonna do? I was I was definitely uh, wishing for snow here in the valley in Portland in, in the valley. It, you know, in Portland, um, of course, there's snow on the mountains, but it just doesn't. Uh, it didn't get cold enough here. I mean, it was. No. It was cold, cold though. Yeah. It felt pretty cold, but yeah, you're right. It didn't get quite enough to get that, that snow in there. And it looks like it's just going to be kind of another one of those Portland winters where, or Oregon winters where you just have a very little of it in the, the unless you're going to live in the mountains somewhere or out there. And the, I don't know, I don't know, AG, what the, the climate is down there and get old Redmond, but uh, I imagine if it does snow, it's very rare. And if it does, probably stays there for a few months. It's very powdery. 
Well, I, I don't live on that side of the mountains, but um, it's, you know, it's about like Portland up here. There's less of a gorge effect, but it's a little warmer, a little more in the hills. So there's maybe a little snow on the hills, but it's like not sticking around. So, but we're just like... Roseburg, now. sorry, not Redmond. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we are just barely into winter now, so... We'll see. I don't know that, you know, December or even January is a big threat for snow in Oregon. When we had a major snowstorm down here a couple of years ago, that was like late February. So, well, I remember for a couple of years there, we had, we had November snow and November rain, which everyone knows that lovely song. Um, and then we also had some December storms too. Uh, or was it December rain? Was it November rain or December rain that Guns N' Roses song? I don't ever remember. November rain. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, and so it was weird because we actually had, I think, snow on Christmas for a couple years in a row. And ever since that, yeah, I think it was 2016, 2017, then 2018, we didn't really have much. And then we did in February. I think February is the year that you're thinking of. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I'm not holding my breath. And, and, and at, at this point, now that things are back to normal or will be starting tomorrow, it's kind of depressing. I find you have time off and you kind of get used to, you know, not working and, and not. It's totally great. I don't I didn't I didn't I think, well, I should be doing more. I should be more productive. Eh, it's pretty much fine doing nothing. It's a, now. Yeah. Now, now it's back to normal. Huh? Did you take three weeks off or two weeks off? Uh, well, basically, I worked two days after December 18th. Okay. So most of the last two and a half weeks have been off. It's been really nice. Yeah. Reentry is a bitch, man, after that time, you know, that time off. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. It's rough because you think that it'd be nice if it was like on a Monday. So you had just like, so you had like a short week. But you don't even have a short week to go back to. It's just boom, five days back to normal. Like never happened. Yeah, if I had if I had uh, thought this through, I should have taken I should have taken tomorrow off, so that you know to come into work on a Tuesday to make it a purposefully short week. Yeah. A, and then B, all of the, I guess it doesn't really matter because we're we're all still going to be working remotely. But I tell you, every time I've taken time off and you go back to the office. And, and everybody was all off at the same time. And it was like, oh, what'd you do over the break? You know, like, uh, you know, that's going to be like the full day of everybody talking uh, about what'd you do over the break? Uh, those are infuriating days when that when yeah. things happen. But I anyway, agreed. but I guess, uh, I guess, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like 2020 was a shoulda, coulda, woulda year, honestly. I mean, goddamn, it was not the, you know, we've mentioned it before. It's a, it's a waste of an alliterative year, 2020. We should have been an awesome year for for all intents and purposes, right? So, well, we saw what was that 20, 20 24 hours ago, uh, a day before the New Year's, which I thought was good to see. And I'm glad people did that a meme, I thought that was appropriate. Yeah, yeah it, it, you're right, it is a waste of, uh, of the alertive leader. Uh, would have been nice to do a little bit more with. Well, when we get we're gonna take a quick break, when we get back, we will review everything that 2020 was well not everything it's not gonna be as exhaustive as people would like but you know it'll be it'll be good enough for us we'll be right you'll still be exhausted god damn it we'll be right back (laughs) 
back. Welcome back from the break. Made it a great one. So let's kick things off here, at AG. 2020. 2020, huh? What, what can you say about 2020? What comes to mind when you're talking about 2020? Uh, probably the, the thing that comes to mind for me is just angst. There was just angst over everything. And, you know, the th- things that would have been maybe the top story in another year, everything took a backseat to COVID. And, and, and not only that, but COVID sort of flavored everything. Uh, the, you know, there was just nothing it sort of didn't touch upon. And I mean, it, it's almost, I mean, it's going to be hard to imagine a bigger story even in the next rest of this decade than COVID because this was just a permeating uh, event for the world that is leaving its, it's going to leave its mark beyond 2020, obviously, but this really could, I I mean, I'm torn between saying it's a world changing event because if say there's, you know, vaccine rolls out, it it dwindles down to uh, a, a, a very, small infection rate or you know wherever it's still circulating but i don't know that once it's sort of gone that people are going to back away from all the safety precautions the hand sanitizer the masks that stuff i think sort of once that covid goes to the background all of that will go away as well yeah mac your thoughts on covid yeah i mean certainly i think I look at 2020 as a little bit, I mean, clearly that's the overarching backstory of 2020. I mean, that's the, that's the theme of the season, I guess, if we want to look at it like a TV episode. Uh, do you think there were some interesting sub, some interesting subplots you had uh, at the beginning of the year before? And actually, this is kind of weird, just a quick sidebar on that. I knew about COVID early on, like early in January, I was sort of, it was, I saw articles and I was tracking it. And I was telling people even at my work, I said, this is going to be a problem. I have a bad feeling about this. And they kept getting laughed at, which I don't blame them. I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's in China. Nobody cares. And it ended up being exceeding expectations, I guess you could say. Uh, but going back to it, um, you know, I look at the impeachment earlier in the year. Again, that uh, we were talking offline. I think that feels to me like five years ago. Uh, it's crazy uh, what happened at, during that, it, just the impeachment itself. You don't get those every day. I know there seems, it must feel like to people that they talk about it, but an actual impeachment doesn't happen very often. And you're talking about three or four of them, I think four of them within our our, our history. Uh, and then, you know, and then again, as you said, that could have been something that could have been the story of, you know, the year, but then you end up with, um uh, the George George Floyd, not long after that. So I'm not even getting into COVID stuff yet. You can talk about what happened with George Floyd and the uh, and the up and the upheaval in our country uh, that that happened after that, and then just all the other stories that were sort of followed that too. You know, regards to Black Black Lives Matter, uh, and then you know you had the election, and it was all just bombshell stories one app one one after the other and devastating gut punches of 
the numbers of, of people dying and, and suffering because of what we're going through. And we think about the, uh, the great recession and the stimulus bills that they had during that, during those two periods paled in comparison to what we're, to what we're putting out to try to solve this problem. And in addition to that, the number of jobs lost and people's lives affected, you haven't had it since the recession, I'm sorry, since the depression in, you know, the, you know, the 1930s and we're seeing <clears throat> bread lines. We're seeing people in America waiting in line for hours on end for food. Uh, Hey, oh, sorry about that. Something, something. Somebody like that jumped on. Uh, my phone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So looking at that, it's, it's just a very, obviously COVID is at the forefront of it because even during all the uh, pro- protests and, you know, hell the riots in Portland, which in some way I don't necessarily really equate to black lives matter at all. I equate that to, I don't know what some of those people are trying to prove. I we've we've had this discussion before, but, if you're looking for a topic year, say in 25 years, uh, what are they going to say about the about the 2020s? You know, what are they going to say on one of those CNN specials? I mean, how was any other year? And I hope I hope another year does in the 2020s uh, compare to the first one uh, as far as like the devastation and the number of stories. I really hope it gets boring from here on out. But man, it's a crazy year. Yeah. COVID definitely tops the list for me as well, um, because it was it was literally I mean, it was a harbinger of of all the other bad things that happened uh, in the year. Uh, honestly, uh, top it off, you know, topping things off with it being an election election year as well. But it just certainly added it, it was it made the, it paved the way for all the other stuff that happened in 2020 to happen. I know that we've mentioned this in a previous episode where we were comparing or we had loosely compared what was happening, what happened last year to, you know, the 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic and how that too kind of ushered in civil unrest uh, and certainly affected the economy as well in very similar ways. But, you know, so, so to me, to answer your question, Mac, in the same way that when somebody mentions 2001 to me, um, the first thing that always pops up for me is 9-11, right? Because that, that was, that was kind of the event that defined 2001 for me. 2020, with everything else that did happen last year, uh, 2020, COVID is the first thing that will pop up, pop up in my head. All the other stuff that happened, of course, are, are you know, important as well in, in cultural um, mindset, like Black Lives Matter and the unrest uh, that surrounded that, the very tumultuous election uh, season that we that we had as well, but COVID definitely tops the list because because it, it to um, repeat a phrase that AG used earlier, it definitely flavored the rest of what happened of last year. Uh, what happened last year? Oh, also, I thought when you said what you remembered about two thousand one, I thought you were going to say a space odyssey, but <laughs> you, you didn't space- go there. The space space force odyssey or whatever it's called now they're not called space force no they are no he renamed it right i don't think so no, he, i think i think i they think they're still it. called space force but they're called guardians guardians exactly guardians of the galaxy so 
Yeah, so definitely COVID uh, top, tops the list. Uh, and you mentioned already uh, Black Lives Matter and, and the civil unrest. That was definitely one of the one of the other big parts that one of the other big things that that defined 2020. Um, AG, what are your thoughts regarding that particular part of, of last year? It was like half. It was like halftime almost. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, the Black Lives Matter is another thing that sort of just came to a head in 2020. Um, again, I'm, I'm the, COVID played its role in this, in that a lot of people were are hurting financially, aside from the sort of physical and emotional effects that COVID is having on you know everybody it's it's touching you know most lives so black lives matter i think aside from the flashpoint of george floyd was also a reflection of just the state or the you know the this particular condition of colored uh folks in our country that uh, let's just say people of color of all sorts, I don't mean, and, and this could apply also to, uh, you know, the, the just various populations of non-white, non-cis uh, Americans. So, the power of people uprising is partially because of like we're they're sick of this, and this shouldn't be happening. And, and especially with George Floyd, it was so visceral seeing what happened to him that it just it just caused everything to kind of blow up and i completely understand the frustration and the anger coming from that community towards um law enforcement particularly i i personally have not had much in the way of negative law enforcement uh contacts but look at me i mean i'm i'm not a i i did you know, whatever you need, nothing really needs to be even said about that particularly. But so my, my experience is not what, what Black Lives Matter protesters have, have dealt with. And they're, I am all on their side to affect some change on this. But it, again, another is just like this economic crucible that everybody is in just caused everything to just explode. And there's, again, you can direct this back towards our current administration, that there was not enough done for everyday Americans to be able to sort of get by or get through this time between when the virus started raging and to when there may be a hope of a vaccine. So there just wasn't enough done. And it was a definite um, accelerator of this, of these protests. Yep. It was kind of a the right recipe for disaster, so to speak, of that was a combination of things that that were done and most most and of course the things that were not done that exacerbated matters and raised things to the levels that they got. I mean, honestly, the other part of it too is you know, the technology was also there to to kind of make it happen, you know. I mean this the cell phone video would not have been a thing 20 years ago you know to capture and to make and and social media and the speed at which everything is shared anymore or anymore these days um contributed to elevating that the the movement i guess mac oh, i would agree with that 100 percent. if you say so you take it back again looking at two 
2001, if this would have happened then, we're looking at a totally different story. We're talking about a lot more jobs lost, uh, a lot more devastation caused because, and, and, and again, we wouldn't have had Operation Warp Speed. It doesn't matter who the president is, the, the, the level of technology is greater, uh, medical advances, uh, greater resources put to something like this, greater than it would have been back in those days. Um, you're, you're looking at a different story completely. And, uh, you know, it's scary to think about even as badly as it's gone now, we do have vaccines available in under a year, which is, you know, it's also a little scary to think about because at the same time, so we've got enough people who've gone to the trials. We think we know what we're doing with kids. We really don't know if, how it's going to affect kids yet. We, we, we don't really know what the long-term effects are of this particular vaccine, of, of these different vaccines. Uh, we believe they'll be, that they're going to be okay, that they're going to work. We don't know. And, and so that's the kind of the scary thing about it is uh, even with all the resources available to us, we're not 100% um, knowing how 2020 will affect the next five years. And I suspect that COVID, and in, in my opinion, will be something we deal with on a yearly basis. Now, it's not going to be as devastating, clearly, as it has been this year in 2020. But I think we're going to be, we better get used to having vaccines every year. Uh, and the Operation Warp Speed had better be, had better stay in, in warp speed because it's going to change each year, uh, similar to the flu. Uh, we And it's even more devastating than the flu. And that's the thing that people need to, I hope they, they get over in 2020 is if you're into these uh these groups are ideas where they, they, just, they talk about it being similar or, you know, the same as you, you better get on a different wavelength. It is kind of a delusional way to think that it's just the same as the flu. Um, certainly is, is more deadly. And, and to your point, I think there's going to be um, some, and I think we talked about this the last time too, that because of the, the medical uh, advancements that we that we are able to take advantage of right now um that updated vaccines will be i'm i'm pretty sure they're already they're already working on that right now even especially because i think it it did you know they did it did mutate already but then i also read that it's been undergoing a bunch of mutations already up until up until that whole publicized uk mutation um but uh but uh but yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely uh, it the the pandemic elevated and 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 fanned the flames for for the BLM uh, for the Black Lives Matter mo um, movement and and the, the civil unrest and certainly um, you know the and the way it spread was just because people were tired, people were were we're not happy with, with what's not being done by the government and what, and what or what's being done by the government um, to, to address it, right? Because, you know, the other thing that of course happened in 2020, who we, we will be rid of fairly, very shortly is, uh, is Trump, you know? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, he's, he, was in, he was in office for, for longer than just, just that year, but Trump was, Trump was also 2020. Uh, you know, in, in more ways than one. So, 
which, and again, we talked about at the, at the beginning, the, this was a tumultuous election season, season year as well, uh, election year as well, 2020. So people, I think, will remember this uh, about, I'm sorry, remember 2020 or the, a tumultuous election year that it was as well. Would you? Well, I, I, think you I think you also have to look at the, the, the side effect of that is the embracing of fringe groups within our country, the embracing on a national level uh, in the upper levels of our government. It's not that con uh, conspiracy theories are not new. Uh, fringe groups are not new. These types of things have been going on for years. It's not like QAnon is the only thing that uh, has ever come out of this kind of stuff, but they're taking positions of power within the government. They're winning elections. They, they have people who are convinced of some of these just, I mean, they're insane theories. They're, 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 the, they're the theories of lunatics. Let's just be honest, but they're being embraced by senior senators in the federal government. They're being embraced by the president of the, of the United States and given oxygen. I think that's the scariest thing beyond COVID is these, these people who are, uh, you know, they're not just saying that Democrats are child molesters. A lot of these people are, are racist and, and disaffected and dangerous. Uh, that's something that people don't, I mean, they, they sort of get it, but I still think people seem, seem, seem to think it's a novelty rather than this is a, this is a serious problem. Yeah. AG. Yeah. So what you're talking about, I think a lot of this goes back to the rise of right wing media in that they came along, I mean, Fox News sort of started coming to prominence in what the 90s, you know, cable was rolling Clinton. out, yeah, a lot of people. So, what they sort of did was is point out little flaws in mainstream media and then made their viewers think, hey, they're not telling you the truth, only we are telling you the truth, and so it separated this group of people away from sort of fact I mean, I'm not that you can't find facts on Fox news, but there's going to be stories in there, which are probably not so factual, maybe not so fact checked. So it got people to sort of accept these ideas without really putting any uh, questioning into their beliefs. So that's sort of like separation from reality is part of what the problem is. So now these conspiracy theories start taking hold with people because they're no longer sort of like looking for facts. It's the whole, I'm looking for confirmation, not information. And so this, we've sort of reached that point now with this person in the white house who has no, no shame, no compunction to just level with people. It's all has to do with how he appears to everyone else it has nothing to do with what's really happening and so the the q anons the news maxes the the bright barts of the world have seized on this and have basically turned the ear of all of these folks in, into 
a, a, a much larger group of conspiracy theorists and they've just lost all sense of objective reality. And it's, and you can see that this is playing out in our, uh, our, this, what's going to happen here this next week with the confirmation of Biden that these people that like Ted Cruz, okay, I don't like Ted Cruz. I didn't know he was going down this path that he's basically saying, Hey, I, I, there's, there's no facts behind any of this. It's all has to do with his constituents. They are having, they're believing the lies and they're pushing this now towards their representative to, to support that. So I, I just didn't, I can't believe some of the, I mean, not, these aren't necessarily senior members of, of, of uh, Congress senior enough though. Fortunately, it's not like Mitch McConnell I mean, that's the one thing I can say about him is he did sort of stand up for democracy and saying, hey, this this isn't how this is going to go. So and I think as far as once Trump is out of office, then we're going to start seeing people pushing back against Trump in his own party because he don't have he won't have as much sway as he does right now. Yeah, I don't know about I mean, I think that's that's that would be nice uh i don't think it's going to be his sway that uh that draws things to a different level can you, can you see my ipad <laughs> i cannot see your ipad it's not in here buddy i think we should take a quick break okay we'll take a quick break be right back. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash innocuousbastards. Find us on Twitter as at innocbastards or follow our blog at innocuousbastards.wordpress.com. Email us at innocuous.bastards at gmail.com. Welcome back from that unpl- unplanned break. Yeah, that was not there uh, initially in our, but uh, <laughs> but it's good. it's good. Sometimes it is what it is. Life happens, you know. Life happens. Um, so let's uh, wrap wrap up with regard to the election. Uh, but but that certainly, like I said, shaped the year twenty twenty. Yeah, I well, think, I think before I get in, oh sorry, go ahead. I just have a quick point to make, and that is. That was another part about the the time of the really intense BLM protests was that we don't know if Trump is going to be elected uh, again. And all of these sort of uh, draconian tactics and, and measures are going to get just worse once he was reelected. So that's another part about the, the protests was just like everything feels hopeless. And is this just the start of things to come? So that was also like a, an accelerant as far as, you know, the, the, the size, the length and the duration of these protests was just like, is, are, we go, are we slipping into being like North Korea here? And now I think we have, once, now that the election has taken place, we have a clear, a clear winner that some of that uh, angst has sort of simmered down a little bit, I feel. And so, 
I mean, I think we all just got a big shot of hope in the arm. That was our, we got inoculated against Trump is what happened here with this election. Yeah, again, as I think I was sort of saying before I got uh, uh, interrupted by the little one that I, I still feel like there's the, there's the, the strategy and willingness on the part of a lot of Republicans who would get a lot of votes in even the next election cycle. And I think uh, to follow along with the same types of things that Trump is, is espousing. Uh, and even if you look at, I think I think it was Mike Lee from Utah a couple months ago in a tweet said that essentially, yeah, I don't believe in, I don't, democracy isn't good for our country. Uh, you know, what's good is, is, is guiding people and directing them in the way that we want them to go. And I don't, I think that the, the that, re, that, re, that Republicans, the modern Republican poli, uh, party is more, certainly a lot more in line with uh, authoritarianism. Uh, and I think that you can go the other way with it too, if you're on, on um, the extreme left. Again, it's these extremes. Um, and you were talking earlier about uh, the right-wing media. And it's not, as you said, there's facts there, but what they've done is they've gone away from fact-based reporting, except for a few is they just have an opinion pieces they just it's a bunch of opinion that's presented as facts and and so that's the difference is that you'd have a you could have an op-ed and that's fine but you know the the medium of uh, uh of these these shows portrayed as news that they're journalists and that's all that they, they surround themselves with in these little bubbles it's dangerous and, and the willingness of the more so the, the right than the left, uh, because if you look at the, the ratings, it's just the right wing stuff gets a lot better ratings because a lot more of their people watch it. Like I don't watch MSNBC, uh, CNN. I think they're just mostly anti and the more anti-Trump than they are anti right wing. They're, they still tend to trend more toward the middle as far as their, they're re reporting, um, but it's it's those those people live for that stuff because they always feel like they're aggrieved, and it, the grievance this this grievance culture that they have created over there on that side of the thing without but not but not offering solutions just pointing the finger and feeling sorry for yourself. You now that's I certainly hope that that will click in at some point. Uh, with some, with some people's like, well, why are we just we're blaming people, and, and yet we want power, but what are we really doing about it? And and all they're doing is electing because, but that's the problem with those people is they don't want to do anything about it. They just want to be told what to do about it. They're much more comfortable with being told what to do than they really let on. Even even all the tough guys with their Trump flags, they don't want to put too much thought. Or, or critical thinking in, into anything. If it sounds right, you know, someone's been aggrieved. I've been aggrieved in my life, not not by me, but they're they're thinking that. Then I I believe in that, and I and I never thought that that would be a thing in America. I really didn't. Like growing up, I was taught that in school that uh, America was exceptional, American exceptionalism, the things that we've done in uh, you know 
we didn't win World War II. We didn't win World War I. We were a part of it. Clearly, there were things going on there. But you know, to come out of those things and, and you know, have the kind of people with them who demonstrate honor and you're, you know, the, the, again, that shining city on the hill going through the Cold War, you didn't hear a lot of complaining from uh, people. And the only, the only place you hear complaints from now is on the far right. That's the only place I hear it. Uh, even AOC is offering solutions in her own way. People like her are trying to offer are trying to offer solutions. Uh, where where was the last uh, ten years the people trying to tear down uh, Obamacare? All they did is complain about how it infringed on their so called rights, and and it didn't, and and it helped our country, and they they offered nothing. So I hope that if nothing else, we can get away from. I don't mind having a an ideological discussion or a policy discussion with somebody who's on the right, because we can disagree and we can come to a compromise on something like that. Right. You can't come to a compromise when all they're doing is complaining and saying thing and telling the people that the other side is evil. You can't, you can't, you can't govern that way. Yeah. 2020 for me was definitely a political awakening of sorts. Um, as I've mentioned numerously in this podcast that you know the last year was my first time to vote for um in a presidential election um or in any election i uh, honestly but um as a new as a new citizen as a new white guy but uh the uh but and i would agree i agree to your to your point mac i did spend a lot of 2020 really hating on on a particular party um but mainly because of who represented that party uh in the election um and you know definitely it did not help that i also was probably just reading things that um that were just coming from from one from the other party and so i wasn't really as informed as maybe as I would like to have been for my first presidential election. I just hated the guy. I hated Trump. I still hate, I still hate Trump, you know, um, not a, it's not really a, a good thing to go around saying, but I, he was more, he was more of what I wanted, what I did not want to continue to happen versus any particular leaning toward, you know, I was not really a Democrat. I'm, you know, I'm not even, I'm actually not affiliated with with any party. I just didn't, I just didn't like Trump and I didn't like the party that who, that was backing him up. And so everything that I tend to read was, was coming from the left, was coming from the Democrats. Um, and anything I read from uh, that's coming from the Republicans or from, from the right just absolutely infuriated me. So I, it was a visceral reaction to borrow a word from earlier in the episode um, as well that, you know, moving forward, and I think we talked about this too a couple episodes ago too. I personally would want to be a little bit more informed uh, moving forward from a political standpoint. Because again, I mean, I don't want to be. Um, I w- I would like to be able to get into a conversation with a right winger or or somebody from the that's uh, somebody from a, the GOP standpoint. I mean, I do get find myself in that situation more often than not. And when I am in those kinds of conversations, because I'm not as learned as I would like to be uh, from a political standpoint, I end up responding fairly emotionally. Because, uh, again, all I was like, no, 
because all I was saying, well, I don't want Trump in the office. And when I'm questioned as to why I don't want Trump in the office, I responded in an emotional ways. Like, I just don't like the guy. I think the guy's an asshole. So rather than having, you know, very, re very learned research um, points that say why this guy is not the right one, right guy for the job. So it did, it did. 2020 definitely made me realize how much of an emotional, emotional, how, uh, how much I leaned on emotion from a political standpoint, but, you know, but I'm a newbie. So I guess I'm going to have to chalk it up to that moving forward. I definitely will. will look at things a little bit more differently, maybe um, make the time, like you were saying several episodes ago to really read multiple, you know, multiple versions of that article before responding or before reacting, because there's uh, uh, absolutely more than one side to any given story. Right. So, well, that's the thing. I think looking at it nowadays, it's, it's easier than ever to get to acquire information, right? Should but be. It's much more difficult to sift through the information that's out there and, and recognize uh, the, the falsehoods from the realities. And it, that, that's the thing that's more difficult. It's not that you can't get the information. It's actually spending time to do the research. And even, even myself, who, who I like to think I'm pretty good at it, and I get fooled uh, again because of e uh, emotional reasons. You get pissed off about something you read, but the bottom line is you got to set that aside and really look at what the facts are, and look at what's being proposed. And if if you care about that, some some people don't care about that, and they just want to they want to consume whatever they want to consume. But I think hopefully my hope is that what's happened from 2020 is that the the middle of our country can once again become the voice of reason that i don't mean the middle classes i'm just talking about people who are more willing to to listen to the other side and and objectively look at policy and the things that they're that they're saying and try to come to some sort of um middle ground or some sort of compromise because you can't go on this thing back and forth well you gotta you, you have to win this issue there's the best compromises are when both sides feel like they that they're they're like okay but i don't really like it that's okay you don't have to win everything yeah. everything is not about black and white winning or losing it's yeah. about what advances the, the things are the best for uh our community the best thing for our our state the best thing for our country, the best thing for the world. You know, let's look at these things objectively. And I'm, it's my hope that logic will come back. Maybe we've, we've, we've whiplashed so far to the other side of things, not right or left, just conspiracy theory and opinion that people are like, well, this didn't work very well. You know, why don't we get back to something that actually makes sense and, and try to solve problems rather than just talk a bunch of shit, which I can do all day. Yeah. AG, any final thoughts on 2020 as an election year? Um, just that having Trump out of office will itself dial the temperature down. And the people that, you know, the right wing thinking is they were very unhappy with Obama. I mean, we kind of know why, right? It's like... They don't come out and say it necessarily, but everything points to that. 
So they they pick some little thing with the with the Obamacare. The individual mandate is unconstitutional. So this in, has been drilled in their mind that this is a fact, and that somehow this co- this administration is corrupt. So what do they do? They go out and 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 help elect the most corrupt, perhaps the most corrupt individual that they could possibly find. So now the 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 um, <laughs> the dividend that we get from this is that now their ability to complain about stuff that say Biden does or is going to do has been diminished because of what they allowed to happen under Trump's watch to not only, I mean, just not just policy stuff, but the personal things, the just the demeanor in which he carried his office that now is that's the new bar so you guys if if you're gonna think about complaining about some minor stuff that biden does you're gonna have to look in the mirror now to see what you put up with and to what you supported because you're getting your way that's and that to me just tells me everything is like you were because you were getting away because this guy was getting at the people that you really don't like anything was anything he did was okay so now that Biden will be in office, that sort of mentality hopefully will start diminishing. And it, it could be another benefit to this as well is that the Republican Party might get fractured and that the Trump people and the people who are really just more of the conservative, like say fiscally and policy wise, they may now come to loggerheads. And so they may dislike each other so much that they really split their vote voting power so i'm I'm curious to see how that'll play out uh in the years to come and especially 2022 when the republicans have more seats to defend uh in the senate and or just in uh, the congress itself more seats to defend than the democrats do so we'll see if we can kind of i don't mean we democrats but just sort of left-leaning folks can uh, really change the the nature of how the who controls the the Congress. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about all of the. Uh, we'll talk about some celebrities that we we lost in 2020. That 2020 took from us. Be right back. Welcome back. <laughs> All right. So we lost, I mean, there's a ton of people died last year from COVID. So that's not a, that's not a secret. I mean, there's, there's a ton of people died last year, but, um, uh, and we're sad for that, but just as impactful is that we did lose a lot of uh, people in the, in the music industry, in the movie industry, TV industry, et cetera, and entertainment celebrities, of sorts. So when I was looking at through through some articles, um, I think it's it's in the it's in the two hundred number, two hundred and ten, two hundred and thirty celebrities, quote unquote, died last year. But certainly, there's a lot. You know, it's you know, they're celebrities in their own way. But there's certainly a, a list of celebrities that are probably a little bit more prominent than others that maybe um, uh, we should kind of uh, we should talk about for this the remaining part of this episode. 
AG, you were the one actually who, who brought this up, and I think it's a great topic. Why don't you uh, kick things off? Well, so I'm trying to, as we talk about this, keep in mind, and I don't know why, but as far as celebrity people of importance that lost this year, I'm trying to sort of stack it up against other years. And this is kind of up there, you know, it's like, I'm sort of thinking the years we lost Prince and David Bowie, that those were David big. Yeah. But I'm finding some names on the list that I compiled of pretty big names that uh, were no longer with us, whether due to COVID or other reasons, but just something took them from us in this year terrible. Uh, first one I could I thought was uh, was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That one has the biggest sort of impact that I can can think of as far as the people that we lost. RBG. I would agree. I think that one's the biggest one for me as far as mixed emotions, because I'm definitely sad that she died, but I'm really pissed that she didn't let that she didn't resign earlier. To be honest with you. And I know that that's a stupid thing for some people to think about, but if she had just done, you know, six years ago and said, okay, you know what? I, I've broken a lot of ground. I'm an amazing you know, person, done all this shit. Now, let's let Obama go ahead and put somebody in place now, knowing that, you know, especially looking at history, you usually don't have three wins in a row by the uh, party. To me, the fact that she stayed in office uh, was very dead, was very detrimental. And, and now we have that fucking crazy bitch in, in office now with the crazy eyes. Uh, who, and we have a six to three majority. And I, I know it's not really fair to blame her. It isn't. But uh, I wish that she would have given up the, this, that, that seat a long time ago. Right. Well, we'll edit that out. Um, I mean, unless you're trying to replace a, a conservative <clears throat> or you're trying to flip the court, I, I mean, what would that good would that have done? I mean, obviously, well, we'd, have a five, we'd have the five to four option right now rather than the six. Well, we to wouldn't. With, with like Merrick Garland, like, yeah, that was, that was back in 20, that was back in 2015, 2016. But it wouldn't have been any different. Well, I'm, I'm glad we didn't ask Mac to write RBG's obit. So why don't we, uh, yeah. But yeah, I've said this before. Certainly uh, impactful person. What's uh, what, who's next on your list? I got Alex Trebek. Uh, that sucks. That one, that one hurts a little bit. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, he's somebody that's, I mean, do you remember, like, were you a kid when he started becoming a host of, of Jeopardy? Yep. I remember he's, the very earliest Jeopardy episodes. Yes. So he, I mean, he hasn't been the host from the beginning, but he took it over so long ago that I don't remember who hosted it before. Right. I don't. I think I thought they brought it back, didn't they? Because I think it was off the air. They brought it back. I don't think Maybe. it was still going on. I, it, it feels like Trebek and even Pat Sajak to a certain extent. Those are the game show, and then Bob Barker, of course. But that was like that was day that was daytime TV. But Alex Trebek always struck me, and I think you look at his life. He was a, just a good dude who you know did a trivia show, and he cared about it. And it brought value to our society. It brought value to our culture 
you know, knowledge and, 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 you know, facts. And, you know, that's, you know, something that I hope will continue to live on whoever they, I don't know who, if they picked somebody else. Already. I think there's an, there's an interim host right now, Johnny Gilbert. Johnny, wow. whatever. Ken, yeah. Ken Jennings. Yeah, I mean, Ken Jennings, my bad. Ken Jennings, Johnny Ken Jennings. Yeah, I mean, he's fine, whatever. But so, Alex Trebek was that guy, mustache or not. And he looked good. And he looked good with the mustache that exemplified learning and just yeah. curiosity, knowledge. Yeah. So the uh, the the echo. Oops. Echo cancel. <laughs> that device, the smart device, uh, has a game, has a Jeopardy game, and um, and of course Alex Trebek's voice uh, is still on there. You know, so they still use his voice. And nice. I couldn't can't help myself every time. Every time I play the game and Alex's voice comes out, comes on, I'm like, you're dead. You're dead. You shouldn't be talking. <laughs> no, no. It's who is dead. <laughs> ah, okay. Nice. This is devolving. So I don't – definitely a great loss, Alex Trebek. Who's next on your list, AG? Okay, so now this one I'm a little torn about. It's Kobe Bryant. And, I, you know – <laughs> Let's, you guys I'll come I'll come in at the end you guys tell me what you feel about Kobe Bryant dying well I mean I think I'm more of a basketball fan than uh, Amato is, is so growing up you know a Blazer fan most although I liked the Lakers actually when I was a kid before I really watched Blazer basketball I actually really liked Magic Johnson and the Lakers and, and I like them better because uh, I like the Celtics versus Lakers kind of thing. And I got a little older and the Blazers got good. That sort of thing. Blazers got good in Portland finally. And then I was a real big Blazer fan, probably starting 89 to 92 and that, you know, that whole range there. But so then you really started hating the, you know, the Lakers and yeah, hated Kobe, but always admired Kobe and his abilities uh, off, off, off the goddamn charts and he's always he always killed us and he, you know he went through the whole thing where he had uh young kobe and shaq which we all hated that in portland and then uh shaq left he got in that trouble uh with the gal in denver i think just, not maybe not denver colorado something to do there was, there was a rape allegation and that's still up in the air whether or not that really happened or not i don't th- I think some some people really feel like it uh, it was or wasn't but uh, yes, I it will be more, I will be more concise. Uh, we'll try my best. The, uh, but Kobe redeemed himself first by winning titles and then he redeemed himself as a dad. And, you know, you wouldn't expect Kobe Bryant back in those days to get into, into women's basketball, into women's basketball, but because he had daughters, I really grew to respect what, uh, what, 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 uh, Kobe did and, and went through. So I definitely bittersweet. I, I, I think his, his presence is missed, especially if you look at it from a, a women's basketball perspective, he could have been that guy who took it to the next level. And, uh, and now that that may never happen. Yeah. yeah I for me, thinking... Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I don't care. It had almost no impact on me. Uh, probably part because of the allegations against him and how those were never really, satisfied uh, in either way uh i you know in my my personal opinion is that something happened it doesn't mean that it was a you know it was something happened where 
she did not like what happened. And I'm kind of going to lead with her because of the toll that making an allegation, just making the allegation can have a toll on the person making it. So I don't know. It's like he had a bigger cultural impact certainly than I thought he had. Uh, And, but all of this sort of outpouring of, Oh, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. I'm like, it makes me feel uncomfortable because his name is definitely sullied during his lifetime. And maybe he did some stuff to bring it, you know, back into good favor, but I don't know. It's, I don't know that it outweighs what he did. So. Yeah. uh, I think I grew to respect him more after he died because I started reading more and becoming what, you know, became more aware about what he was doing post scandal. Um, And to your point, Mac, I mean, certainly who knows now, right? There's, there are people that, that do, that do say that, gosh, we lost somebody who could have done more, who could have, you know, was on the precipice of doing more. So. Agreed. Um, 100%. Well, that's Kobe. Uh, who else, who else should we uh, memorialize? Well, we got, we'll fast forward this a little bit. We lost Sean Connery. Uh, we lost Eddie Van Halen. Um, Chadwick Boseman was kind of a painful one because that kind of blindsided a lot of us, and especially as somebody that could really, yeah. I think, had a platform going forward. Yep. Uh, boy, yeah. that was kind of a, a sh- and I'm not even a Black Panther fan of that movie. It's, you know, I like Marvel movies in general, but he definitely had, you know, a, a stage from which he could have done a lot of good, and he was, he was doing good. Yep. So that one was a little bit of a gut punch as well. Yep. Yeah, I think the way he conducted himself, uh, you know, the dignity that he showed, uh, doesn't matter what race you are, just the way that he treated people. Uh, you look at a guy like that who was basically under the gun and and did the stuff that he that he did. It's certainly an inspiration. Uh, definitely a painful loss. Eddie Van Halen, I mean, uh, whatever. I mean, I don't really care. I know there's some, there's 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 some people who care more about the butt, the uh, uh, you know that era of butt rock. I don't really care about Eddie Van Halen. Um, uh, who, who's who's the other little, one there? You're a little too young for Eddie Van Halen, I think. I just don't I don't care. I mean, what did he do other than become a celebrity? Uh, well, he revolutionized guitar playing. He wrote many number one hit songs. Uh, yeah, Salt-Tinas, I mean, it was really. I don't him. like Van Halen, so I should just say that right, right up front. There, I never there liked Van Halen. It doesn't matter who the singer is; it was never my cup of tea. Uh, and honestly, I didn't see him doing all. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Maybe he did like a ton of great shit, and I'm, I'm full of it. But I, I don't, I don't particularly care for him. Sean Connery. I mean, we kind of got to look at it the same way. It's like, although the other side, I love Sean Connery. And I thought that he, when I think of James Bond, I think Sean Connery. I don't think of any of the others. Uh, and it could be a generational thing, maybe, maybe not. But when I look at him, when I look at a guy like that who who personified that kind of cultural relevance, definitely is pretty impressive. You know, he went on to do some other stuff. You know, he did uh, that the Highlander, that one Highlander movie. The, the other ones I refuse to acknowledge. Uh, and then he did... Uh, he ended up having kind of a nice end of his career. He had a couple action flicks and, you know, but, you know, he was just kind of a cool guy. He sort of personified cool, I guess, for my generation, generation X. 
Well, he he was cool before you were even born, dude. So <laughs> I know, but it, a lot of those movies weren't as popular then as they sort of became. And no, you think about. I think so because I think if you look at like TBS and channels like that, I would never have watched James Bond if it wasn't for T for TBS and for cable TV. It would never have been on. So a lot of those things kind of happen a little bit later on. I agree. That was maybe a boomer. He's not a a Gen, a Gen Xer, but. Again, James Bond is, is equal to Sean Connery. But see, that, that proves my point, because when Sean Connery was doing the James Bond films, he was like the ultimate epitome of cool. And yeah. when it got down to our generation, one, it became just a little bit hokey, but also he wasn't, he wasn't like a superstar. He was just he was kind of somebody from the past. But when he, was those type, films, he, he was typecast. Well, it's not type. Maybe he was, but the point is, is that he had more of a cultural impact when those movies came out because because men wanted to be him. And by the time they got down to our age, it's like, well, he's cool, but we like Michael Jackson, or you know, he just didn't have the same place in in pop culture that he did originally. Not anyway, for me, he was a badass. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, I'm just going to run down some names of people who. Who did pass away, but it may have been their time anyway. Uh, little Richard, you know, yeah. getting up. Uh, I mean, the guy, like, he was kind of prevalent on like 80s talk shows. And I remember seeing him with like Letterman. He was always entertaining. I thought he was uh, dead even before 2020. So <laughs> well, we lost John, John Lewis, civil rights mm -hmm. legend, uh, Regis Philbin, who, uh, <laughs> Despite what you like, maybe not everybody actually watched him. I know you remember Dana Carvey's impression of him. <laughs> that you know, that's probably really what more people remember. Um, yeah. Diana Rigg from the original Avengers, and also I like her. Yeah. Um, Toots Hibbert from Toots and the Maytals, reggae legend. Um, yeah. You know, helped make popularize that sound around the world. Uh, we lost one of the ultimate golden age hollywood stars in olivia de Havilland died at 104 wow. so you can imagine like when that movie came out there's not a lot of people from that era still alive in any capacity so uh, we lost our ultimate uh elderly representative in wilford brimley diabetes the beatus the beatus got him no it didn't but you know it would have been nice if it did no it wouldn't it would have been terrible. But it would have been. It would have been very ironic, don't you think? Uh, he probably played a role. I mean, he didn't do those commercials because he didn't have diabetes, did he? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, if he did or not. Well, you shouldn't know because it's private. It's private information, right? Yeah, I didn't need to know. I just need to know that he became a meme, and that's that's like the greatest thing because he'll be a meme forever. Now it will live on. Right. Kidney, kidney feeling. Okay. Uh, ah. So we have also uh, uh, Ben Stiller's father, Jerry Stiller, passed away. As you remember yeah. from. Uh, Seinfeld, that Seinfeld's one dead. Yeah. yeah, but he did leave us Festivus. So to me, that's the best thing about that guy. Festivus will, will live on forever. Yep. For the rest of us. Um, Ian Holm. Yeah. yeah. He had a pretty good career, uh, Lord of the Rings, but also he was in the uh, the Fifth Element. Yep. Uh, He's He's, you go back... And cease the movies. He's in a lot of stuff you probably don't even oh, yeah. remember. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, Max Lots von Sydow. 
We lost Max von Sydow. I just who, think of him in uh, Flash, Flash Gordon. Right. <laughs> he's also the Three-Eyed Raven, so he's he's probably seen uh, him. Yes, indeed. He was also he was the Brewmeister in Strange Brew, which <laughs> is still the first thing I think I've seen him in. Uh, I think that was like out in like '93 or excuse me '83. And so that's probably where I first saw him and then seen him in a bunch of stuff since. Uh, we lost the kind of guy you want to have a beer with. <clears throat> well, or a, <clears throat> some sort of glug, some glug wine, something <laughs> like that. Um, James Lipton from, you know, the actor's studio. Again, probably something you, somebody you recognize from an impression of them more than the yep. person themselves. Um, Fred Willard. Ouch. Yeah, he was pretty funny. Yeah. Somebody I remember watching Fernwood tonight, uh, you know, when I was a very young, well, somewhat young child. And it was a show I could never really watch enough of because like, I didn't know when it came on. But that's where I first started seeing him. And then he's been in all the Christopher Geffs movies and just his, hmm. it just sounded like Goofy. a funny person. So, yeah. We lost Don Larson, pitched the only yeah. perfect game ever in a World Series. Um, I, that, I did know that I, you know, I would have assumed he passed away a long time ago, but 2020 was the year. Uh, Buck Henry, Buck Henry, um, Buck Henry, comedy writer extraordinaire, um, re- repeat host of the early years of Saturday Night Live, and has oh. done. He basically he wrote Get Smart. He, oh. he probably wrote a lot of things that you were funny to you um back in the 60s and 70s so kind of a comedy giant i would say um neil pert from rush the drummer who you know is basically revered as a drum god passed away unexpectedly or maybe it was Hmm. uh, it was maybe it wasn't as unexpected but still too young I never and, thought of Rush as being particularly good in that way, but I, I, I could be way off. I'm obviously way off base. Let's, well, they're known, they're known for being an extremely tight, musically um, challenging band. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, they, they have a, a reputation for music musicianship. Hmm. They, and uh, I tell you that he definitely was very well known in the drumming circle <laughs> the drum circle but anyway because a bunch of you know a few a uh, few facebook friends of mine who are drum musicians um and then also especially drummers tribute after tribute on facebook when neil when neil Pert died definitely uh made an impact okay whatever <laughs> well he's, he's got to be up, he's up there with john bonham from led zeppelin as far as revered like yeah drummer. bonham was pretty good i like the guy from the who what's his name um keith moon yeah, he was. He's by far my favorite. The Sonny best drummer, honestly, is a one one arm drummer from Def Leppard. I mean, nobody can beat that guy. Yeah, it wouldn't be Arthur, that difficult. He can't even beat himself. It's hard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go there, but you went there first. Okay, good deal. Uh, so we lost another another big name was Kirk Douglas, who Spartacus. probably should have died about thirty years ago. Well. He was a mainstay in our celebrity death match, I thought. He was like a number one seed. And <laughs> yeah. He was very disappointing as a number one seed. I don't, I don't know how to compare him other to maybe like a, 
he's not a Gonzaga because Gonzaga is one. But there's always like a number one seed who always is there and then like never wins. They're like, oh well, they <laughs> one of those. Well, I don't think Gonzaga's ever won anything. I thought they won a title one year. No, I don't think so. Melanie Gonzaga is a really good example then because they always are the number one seed and never win. Motherfuckers. Uh, Kenny Rogers. Roasters. We are no longer on a world with Kenny Rogers on it anymore. That's. Yeah. I can't process that. The island uh, left that stream. He was cool for a time, too. Back in the 80s, he was the gambler. You know, he was probably fondling Dolly, uh, Dolly Parton, uh, which is not, not such a bad thing. At, uh, but then he kind of, for some reason, went the plastic surgery route, and then he, he started buying up uh, chicken stores and kind of became a caricature of himself. It's sad. Well, nevertheless, I didn't want him dead. So I didn't want him dead, but you know, <clears throat> we're sort of I'm sort of reaching the dregs of the list now. Uh, I got Fred Curly Neal from the Globetrotters, oh, yeah. yeah. Baldwin, who, along with Meadowlark Lemon, is probably the two Globetrotters I could ever name. So, and the only reason uh, why I can name them is because of Scooby Doo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why that is. But also, like, weren't they on the Super Friends? Hmm. They might have been. Yeah. They were uh, all over the Hanna Barbera. Yes. Another one that we lost, Roy Horn. Do you know who Roy Horn is? I well, you have it there. I'm a little bit surprised. I didn't hear about that one. And was it because of one of the tigers? Right. No, COVID. Oh. Well, he was yeah, I mean but that's did the, the tiger give him the COVID? But the tiger didn't give him much like ability to fight COVID, let's just say. So um, wasn't RIP, he the one he was attacked? Yes. So yeah. the tiger so, did get him eventually. Yes. It, it was a, it was the tiger was playing the long game, I think. So the tiger was from China. Ooh. I feel like he, you know, just because of what he was doing, that he probably should have died uh, from the tiger. But because it is, as you said, the the long game. Somehow that has something to do with it. I'm I'm good with it. I'm not sad by it. You know, none of this, none of what they do is good for the tigers. So, well, I mean, I guess they get treated pretty well, but nevertheless, let them roam free. Uh, the last <laughs> name I have is grandson of the king, Benjamin Keogh. Oh. All right. So, I don't know. Are there any other Elvis children that are having kids, or does he have a? Are we no longer going to have so. any I think Elvis it's just Lisa Marie, right? Wasn't that his only kid that I I, we know of? Right. Is she still alive? I mean, she's still to alive. To me, oh, yeah, yeah, she's still alive. To me, Elvis had had to have been just tapping all sorts of ass. I would be shocked if he didn't have a few love children out there. But well, maybe he was, was too busy with, like, you know, bar bituates and banana uh, peanut butter sandwiches or whatever the hell he was eating. Um, the kid, the, the Benjamin Keogh, if you look at him, it's not super obvious, but you can see the shape of, of his face. looks just like Elvis. And so mm. if Elvis did have, if he did have kids that shared his DNA or there or his DNA was prominent, you would know because I, I sort of feel like Elvis didn't really look like anybody else. 
Yeah, I can't think of any other. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. He kind of looks Italian a little bit. And when he was younger, and he gets older, then he just kind of looks kind of white, trashy. Uh, but, you know, up, up until the the 70s, he was in decent enough shape that he didn't look like he aged very much. It's only his hair got a bit longer. It's the diabetes. Did he have diabetes too? No. Well, I mean, he died from a heart attack. Well, I thought that was just because of all the, like, the drugs, pain, the painkillers he was taking. But uh, very good list, AG. Honestly, I did I did not know many of the names on on the list. I saw I was actually uh, rapid fire googling as you were talking, uh, <laughs> and it is uh, pretty in- uh, pretty interesting that to your point, uh, some of these people, a lot of these people actually are familiar. They look familiar, and I'm like, oh, so that's what they did, and that's who they were. Yeah, definitely not as exhaustive as a list as we would like. Uh, to to explore on this show, but, but we'd like to we'd like for there to be no list is what we want. But that's that's true. It, that's true. I would I can, say if there was an MVP to the list, though, I would say it was Alex Trebek. Yeah, his his to me is the most painful loss of all those. It was the best. He's he's got he had the best best death, I guess. Well, he's he's somebody that you could see almost every day, and not a, a lot of those other people. Or, I mean, not see, like, you could see pictures of RGB, but she wasn't, like, in the media. Well, he was uh, on TV every day. That's five, I mean. five days a week, he was there. Yeah. Doling out the knowledge, asking questions. Kicking ass. Absolutely. RIP to these celebrities uh, or people of note who died in 2020. 2020 definitely did us a number, folks. Uh, there's no doubt about it. We'll, it'll go down in history as one of the most remembered year for many things. Some positive, but mostly a lot of crappy stuff. And uh, But we're definitely glad that we're in 2021 now. Hopefully this year brings a lot more, uh, a lot better things for, for us. Um, and, you know, who knows? Um, certainly uh, a lot will be left to be seen. That uh, wraps up our episode, gents. Uh, so thank you for walking down memory lane here uh, of, on the year that was. Uh, I, I do see ourselves probably talking a little bit more uh, in the next couple of episodes about hearkening back to 2020 and all the things that, that happened then. So uh, listeners, hopefully you'll join us on that journey. But for now, good night. Good night.